Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. In Isaiah 48, 17, it says this. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. God knows everything about everything. He knows everything about us that we don't know about ourselves. I mean, we never, ever, ever, ever surprise Him. He knows exactly how you and I will respond in any given circumstance. He knows more about us than we know about ourselves. Well, how does that make you feel? You can never surprise God. He knows you inside out, upside down, and everything in between, better than even you know yourself. He knows how you will react to every situation, and really, He tailors his guidance of you just to you, not to your friends, family, or anyone else. Pastor Ed's message today on the 23rd Psalm is a great reminder that we're not in control, but that's okay. The one who is has our very best interests in mind and will never leave us stranded. Well, let's join Pastor Ed in the book of Psalms, chapter 23, verse 3, for his continuing study entitled, Lead Us. Talk to any older Christian, someone who has lived the life and walked with God many years. You will see that when they reflect on the past, they talk with awe and wonder and amazement how God has guided, directed, and led them. And so many times it's hard to see forward into the future, but it's far easier to see what he did in the past. And here the psalmist encourages us by saying that God will guide us. God, oftentimes, it's a simple, godly friendship. It's a conscious decision to obey God's word. It's a heart that follows after a God-informed conscience. And it has like a domino effect that it impacts our lives in ways we could have never, never anticipated. I think about how as you will look back over your life, you could see a decision here, a decision there, a decision somewhere else that you made, and all of a sudden God used that in incredible ways. See, God gives us the assurance God gives us the assurance that he's leading. In Psalm 32, a penitent psalm, God speaking to David, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. What does that say? I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and guide you and watch over you. When did God say that to David? When he came before God in repentance. Remember God looked at David and David messed up terribly and he failed God. He wrote Psalm 51, he wrote Psalm 32. But God's guidance is so grace-filled that even when we mess up, he's wanting to help us. See, God is guiding, leading, and directing you not because you're better than anyone else. Not because you're brighter than anyone else. But if you know him as Savior, he has made a commitment to do that in your life. I think of uh, Joseph Gilmore. He was 
a theologian. He wrote several textbooks on Hebrew and English. He was a Baptist minister, and he was preaching a series of sermons on the 23rd Psalm. And it was a Wednesday night after the service. He sat down to one of the deacons, and he just was so impressed with God's leading that he quickly wrote down these words. He leadeth me, he leadeth me. By his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be, for by his hand he leadeth me. God is no respecter of persons. If you'll put your hand in his hand, if you'll simply say, God, I take the assurance that you give that you will lead me, he will do just that. Psalm 48, 14 says, For this is God, our God, forever and ever. He will be our guide even to death. You know what we long for? Not just guidance. People can give us good words of advice and counsel. We long for a guide. And that's what God promises to be, your guide all through life's journey. As you look at the assurance you give, you look at the nature of his leading or the character of his leading. In John 10, verse 4, it says, When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. In the Middle East, sheep can mingle together, but when their shepherd makes a call, a sound, sometimes like a yodel, sometimes like a, another sound, the sheep immediately know that that's their shepherd. And they'll separate from all the other sheep and they'll run and follow the shepherd. God says to us that he will lead us, he will speak to us. God is not like an impatient coach or a parent that is so demanding over their child that they just want them to excel and they're never satisfied with them. God doesn't push us, but he guides us. He doesn't stand behind us pushing us. He goes before leading us. That's the type of shepherd we have. He opens doors and he closes doors. He makes a way where there is no way. And at other times, he shuts away. David, looking back over his life, and I love this passage of Scripture. I used it again and again as I think about David's lives. With all the twists and turns, the good, the bad, the highs, the lows. David said, looking back over his life, thy gentleness has made me great. God deals gently with each one of us. In fact, this mighty, all-powerful God that stretches out the heaven like a tent, who speaks the worlds into existence, that has the whole world in his hands, it's said of him in Isaiah 40, 11, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Learn to hear 
Learn to distinguish the voice of God. When my wife calls me, or my children call me, or those close to me call me, I recognize their voice. When God speaks, you can recognize his voice if you've been spending time with him. The good shepherd said, my sheep know my voice. God gives us that wonderful assurance that he will lead us. And God talks about the nature of his leading, that he will guide us. That guide that is ever present all through the journey of our lives. When I think about God's leading of us, the promise is there. But how does he lead us? He leads us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. That's what the text says. In verse 3 again, he leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. All of us have heard stories of cats and dogs who have found their way back home. Somebody's on vacation and the dog wanders off and they can't find it. And they go back from vacation and there their dog is in the house or at the backyard trying to get in the house. Or they had a cat. And, and sometimes they travel state lines. I think of homing pigeons or we think of all of God's creation. But sheep are different. They are, we are dumb. We lose our way so easily, so readily. Just put us a little distance outside the pen, and guess what? We wander off. See, sin has so impacted our GPS system. It's impacted us. I think of the way God will often speak to us, and he'll often speak saying, here's a way. Walk in it. And somehow we just sort of lose that way. Uh, God knows really the paths that we should take. In Isaiah 53, 6, it says this. This is the message translation. We're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've done our own thing, gone our own way. And the scripture is clear. God leads us in the way best for us. Door number one. Door number two. Door number three. Crowd says two. Some others say three. Well, listen to his voice. In Isaiah 48, 17, it says this. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. God knows everything about everything. He knows everything about us that we don't know about ourselves. I mean, we never, ever, ever, ever surprise him. He knows exactly how you and I will respond in any given circumstance. He knows more about us than we know about ourselves. I think of how God led his people, the people of Israel. When he led them out of the nation, out of Egypt, this is what God said. Chapter 13 of Exodus, verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. This newly delivered nation, if they encountered war, would have turned away from God and would have gone back. God has tailor-made his guidance in your life. 
He knows all the circumstances of your life and how you respond to those. And he promises to lead and to guide you in the midst of all of those circumstances of life. He said, I will be your guide. He's tailor-made. So many things in life, huge doors, hinge on such small things, an act of obedience, listening to his voice, a chance meeting. Sometimes our disappointments are actually God's appointments if we'll simply listen. Cliff, an associate pastor, married this beautiful woman, Billy, and Cliff and Billy decided to go on their honeymoon. It was 1945. They didn't have much money at all, and so they made arrangements to go to a hotel for their honeymoon, and here, when they got to that hotel, it had been changed into a rehab. <laughs> I mean, they could have been said, is this the right thing? So they hitchhiked down the road to a store in that community. And when they got to the store, the store owner felt sorry when they heard their story. He said, hey, you guys could sleep upstairs. There's a room above. And then as he began to talk to them, he realized they were Christians. And he said, listen, I have a friend. And uh, he has a nice place you could stay over. And uh, so the next day they went and stayed over this friend's place and they were celebrating their honeymoon time together and there was going to be a youth meeting. So they were gonna, decided to go to the youth meeting. When they got to the youth meeting, the song leader was sick. He didn't come. And so they asked Cliff, this associate pastor, would you lead worship? And so he got up and he led the worship before the young evangelist, Billy Graham, spoke. And Billy Graham and Cliff connected to a lifelong friendship and over a half a century of ministering together. Sometimes the disappointments are God's appointments. If we'll just have faith enough to listen and say, Lord, speak. I like the way F.B. Meyer put it. Let us not judge God by an incomplete or unfinished scheme. Let us have patience till the end shall justify the path by which we came. Now the path is so important. God wants you to reach your destiny. But notice what the text says in paths of righteousness. Uh, you can be translating that a straight path. The idea of the psalmist, the idea of the scripture portion is that God is going to lead us in righteous ways that will impact our character. In Proverbs 12, 28, it reads, In the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway there is no death. God is concerned not only about our career, but our character. He's concerned about us all along the journey. And those paths are right paths, righteousness paths, paths that God has ordained and chosen and watched because he knows everything about everything, everything about you and me. And if we'll simply say, Lord, I want to follow you. In Proverbs 11.3, it says this, the integrity of the upright guides them. But the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. 
What God is doing is he's putting a compass inside of us as we go along the right paths and we make the right decisions and we do the right things and we let the Bible influence us and we let God shape us. As we're letting that happen inside of us, it's developing a compass inside of us that we will make decisions by and we will find God's leading and guiding and directing. Augustine said it this way, and I love the way he said it. There is no true virtue without a miracle. God is shaping us along the path. He's forming our lives. So when you say, God, lead me in paths of righteousness, God knows the best path for you, and God's going to make sure that that path is a path that's going to develop faith in you, character in you, strength in you. What's God's purpose? In leading us. You know what his purpose is? That his name would be honored. That his name would be glorified. In verse 3, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Why? Why? For his name's sake. See, his leading reflects his character. He demonstrates who he is by what he does. He leads his people for his name's sake. God's reputation, God's reputation is at stake in the welfare of his people. In Psalm 106, verse 7 and 9, the psalmist is looking back on the people of Israel and their journey. And the psalmist says this about the people of God. Our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the miraculous, the Lord's miraculous deeds. Wait! The ten plagues that swept across the land... The final plague of God delivering the people out of Egypt where the death angel came. You mean they weren't impressed? That's what it says. Psalm 106, 7 and 9. Our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miraculous deeds. They soon forgot his many acts of kindness to them. Instead, they rebelled against him at the Red Sea. Here they are. God's doing wonderful things but their sinful nature is inclined to rebel against him. And then it says this, even so, even so, he saved them to defend the honor of his name and to demonstrate his mighty power. He commanded the Red Sea to dry up. He led Israel across the sea as if it were a desert. God does things because of who he is, his character, The Egyptians were all looking on, and the world was looking on. What's going to happen to this motley group of people being led out of bondage? And had they been destroyed there in the wilderness, they would have misinterpreted God at that moment. And God said, my reputation is at stake. God's honor is tied up in the welfare of his people. Write that down. Put it in your Bible. God's welfare, God's honor is tied up in the welfare of his people. Now, he leads us for his name's sake. That's what the scripture says. I love the message translation that amplifies this in such a powerful way. Psalm 79, verse 9. You're famous for helping, God. Give us a break. Your reputation is on the line. Pull us out of this mess. Forgive us our sins, 
Do what you're famous for doing. God, you're famous for delivering your people. God, you're famous for helping them when they're in a mess. God, you're famous for answering prayer even when we don't deserve to have our prayers answered. God, your reputation, your name is at stake. See, we sometimes make the mistake of putting ourselves center stage. We're all just supporting actors. God takes main stage. He's the hero of the story. He's what it is all about. Through the centuries, the actors come on and off, but God remains. We're part of the story, and thank God he allows us to be part of that story, but we're not the main piece of the story. God's faithful character is seen again and again. I love the way Max Lucado puts it. Why does God have anything to do with us for his name's sake? No other name on the marquee, no other name up in lights, no other name on the front page. This is all done for God's glory. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. It's about him. He has made a commitment. When you made a commitment to Christ and you said, Jesus, be my savior, you made a commitment to him and he made a commitment to you. But his commitment to you is far, far, far greater than your commitment to him. See, he is faithful even when you're not faithful. He he is there even when you walk out. He's married to the backslider. He is the type of God who keeps his commitments. An older preacher and a younger preacher were walking together. And the young preacher was thinking about, well, what does the future hold? What is the will of God? And he had a lot of questions. And so the older preachers, they were walking outside, stopped by a rose bush and picked a rose. It was just a bud. And he gave it to the young preacher. And he said, I want you to pull the petals off without breaking them, without tearing the others. And the young preacher thought, what in the world does he want me to do that for? What does that have to do with the will of God? But out of respect, he did it. And as he did it, the old preacher quoted a poem. Listen to the words. It's only a tiny rosebud, a flower of God's design, but I cannot unfold its petals with these clumsy hands of mine. The secret of unfolding flowers is not known to such as I. God opens this flower so sweetly when in my hands they die. If I cannot unfold the rosebud, this flower of God's design, then how can I have the wisdom to unfold this life of mine? So I'll trust in him for leading each moment of my day. I will look to him for his guidance each step of the pilgrim way, the pathway that lies before me. Only my heavenly Father knows. I'll trust him to unfold the moments just as he unfolds the rose. Will you trust him? Will you trust him? Will you just simply say, God, 
guide me. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Voice of Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's special four-part series in the book of Psalms. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and select today's date from the Voice of Faith media player. Again, that's voiceoffaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to voiceoffaithradio.com and simply clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the book of Psalms, right here on Voice of Faith.